Hello everyone and welcome to Sights on Sinnoh episode 60. This week we're covering the 50th episode of Battle Dimension as we wrap up this season here with a gym battle. With me today is Manny. How's it going? Going pretty good. Enjoying this beautiful fall weather. Nice, nice. Good to hear. And also continuing with us from last episode is JM. How are you? Doing all right. Just uh, been doing some horde hunting recently. So nice new. for uh, some Drifloon. No, uh, Klefki. Oh, of course. Okay. That was my second guess, clearly. <laughs> of uh, course, the, the, the very Sinnoh-relevant Klefki. You know, Actually, Clef- there might be a tie here later on. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, this week we are covering the gym battle that we literally get dropped into at the end of the previous episode. Right, right. after our introduction to Barry. So, Manny, you weren't there for that, and... I'd love to hear what your thoughts on Barry are. Um, I don't, I don't know if this is on purpose, but his voice actor does a good job at making him sound so annoying. <laughs> um, like just he's like so obnoxious, and the tone that the actor uses just fits it so well. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think they could have cast anybody uh, better to fit that role. So, yeah. yeah, definitely someone you wouldn't want on the sideline. Uh, as, as we see, oh, he's like, he's like, he has some good lines. He does. But yeah, he, he comes out with, like with the with the jealousy when it comes to like Ash and, and the battle. Oh, yeah. So de- he was definitely a fun addition to the episode, though. Yeah, I liked it. I think it's kind of refreshing to have someone in the audience who's kind of not rooting for ash and in part i mean the last time we really had that was like paul watching a gym battle and paul doesn't say anything he just grunts and then calls ash pathetic and then leaves (laughs) right (laughs) and then pikachu like uses a thunderbolt like just in the (laughs) air and paul's like okay i'll stay uh none of that this episode but i do know that uh, JM had a really interesting take on what Barry represents. Yeah, sorry for listeners who are hearing this two weeks in a row. Um, but yeah, I pretty much just assumed that Barry was like the 12 year old playing Pokemon for the first time who just button mashes through everything and like over levels their starter and doesn't train anything else except for like the Bidoof that has like four HMs on it. Which, you know, for Diamond and Pearl is the only valid strategy anyways for Bidoof. Um, that just, like, button mashes, doesn't read anything, like, doesn't know where they're going, just kind of stumbles around and somehow has, like, a level 60 starter by the time they've reached their third gym. Yeah, and also having their main starter know just super powerful moves, like, yeah, Hyper, Hyper Beam, Beam. <laughs> Hydro Cannon, I think like Hydro Pump too, just an insane amount of really strong moves. But yeah, that's how I was kind of on the same page there with uh, JM on that last week. So that's kind of just our take on it. And it seems to fit, especially given what we saw last episode. But what do you think about that 
maybe the concept behind Barry. Yeah, I, I definitely agree upon hearing um, JM's perspective. It definitely does fit that that vibe of who he is. Um, and so, because, yeah, I was thinking about, I didn't think of it that way. Uh, so listening to, to, like, his opinion on, on what uh, Barry might represent, it's, it's really uh, a fascinating uh, opinion to hear. It's just like very interesting because if that was the intention behind the writers, I'm like, <laughs> they nailed it. Yeah, but like, I want to ask, kind of, why? I'm like, are you are you trying to like appeal to well, us, like it, the adults? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not even that. It's that these characters are ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're kids, and not all of them yeah. can be mature as Ash. I mean, just some th- dumb things. Don't get me wrong, but. He is a very mature 10-year-old, and mm. so is Dawn. And then Brock is, like, teenager, also very mature. So y- you kind of need that, because that's more like how it is. It's more realistic in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and, and it's a nice contrast to, to um, who, who we've seen as his rival uh, in Paul, whereas Paul is, like, super cold and... And kind of like, oh, get away from me, where Barry is just more like annoying and, and mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, emotional and is like, oh, like, I'll consider your arrival soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Like, this whole time, Barry's thing is like, I, I won't consider you a rival, but like, Ash is already A, ahead of you, and he's already beat you. So I don't know what more you want from him. <laughs> Um, but this does kind of lead us into the meat of this episode as, again, we are at the Heart Home Gym. Finally, after like four times of coming through the city, Ash is ready to battle the Heart Home Gym leader, Fantina, for the second time. With both his pride and the relic badge at stake, and Barry's, who is Ash's new rival, is watching in the hope that Ash will lose. So, we start off the match with Fantina's Gengar versus Ash's Weasel. And so we're just skipping the B-plot, which like I would be totally fine with. No, we'll get to well, the B-plot. <laughs> yeah, because that, that comes like during the break, like during yeah. the first battle. It, it, first, it first shows up right after the opening. Oh, it does? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well... All right, so the B-plot. I'm fine skipping. No, I'm fine skipping it. It's, it's, it's literally the plot for the... Okay, the B-plot is just Jesse competes in a contest in another town. And Which doesn't exist in the Sinnoh that we know. And correct. Has no con- like, it makes no sense because why isn't Dawn there too? Because she's not there. She's sticking around with Ash. She has to sacrifice that contest. Like... It's just yeah, shoehorn, and- it's shoehorned in, and it's to give Jesse a chance at reaching the finals, which happens every series. Well, this is only the because second time needs- it's happened. <laughs> well, it happens every series after this, too. What do you mean? There's no contest after this. Kalos has contests. Is it actually contests, yep. though? They're yep. performers, right? They change yeah, the it's, it's the same yeah, mechanic, the same, and there's yeah. ribbons. It's, it's the same thing. It's just okay. a name change. Weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just weird. It's weird having contests without Dawn or without any other character. It, it's weird having Jesse alone in a contest. Yeah. It feels out of place. Ag- I will agree that it did feel a bit out of place. Because it just felt like Jesse's random. never been the focus of contests. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I I'm okay if it's just in the B plot like it is here. It's like, yeah, sure. She goes and does contests when she's not dealing with Ash and Dawn. Because she, at the end of the day, she's still going to go for that. And like not every single one has to be involving Dawn or any other heroes that we have. Right. But then there's also the whole thing of like Team Rocket has usually been there even in the gym battle episodes, usually trying to find strong Pokemon at the gym. So why aren't they doing that now? I think it was more to remind um, us of like Jesse's uh, goals of of how she's self-centered and she wants to be a star. Right. But yeah, I do agree that it did feel random. And it's and just I, out of place. And it's yeah. just like, we need to pay like Michelle Knotts and like the other team rocket voice actors for an episode. Would you rather yeah. them try to interfere with the gym battle? Yes. Really? Because at least it feels, at least it feels relevant. I think or, that's, or, or this- give it, Give it what they did with Maylene, where they try to interfere with the gym, like try to break into the gym and get sidetracked. Even that's better to me. I personally feel like this episode just should have been the entire gym battle. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, not show them. Team, yeah, because there was like a current episode in Journeys where it was just a pure battle. And at, at no point did it feel like it needed something in the middle to kind of like make it breathe. Um, yeah, so yeah, and I think it I think it hurts the episode because of just how weird this battle is, which we can definitely get into. I mean, I'm totally fine with them putting that. Like, yeah, is it the strongest place for a contest? No, but like, no, Jesse's going to be in a contest. I might as well do that because instead of having them try to break into the gym like they did with three of the gyms so far. I'm like, we've seen that a bunch. Like, hey, what if we just go see Jessie do her own thing? I think that's okay. way better. Yes, but then commit to it and not show us one move at the start of the sure. contest and then her winning the contest and that's it. Like, they hand her the ribbon mm-hmm. and that's like, it's literally like <laughs> five, four minutes, not even, of Team Rocket footage. Mm-hmm. Sure. I will say, I, I think this would have been a better place for having Jessie dress up as Fantina. Rather oh, yeah. than like what we saw the other one. Don't invent a random town and just like, hey, I don't know. <laughs> it just feels out of place. They've been inventing random towns, though, for contests. They do, but they also is like, this is along the way. Like Majorlica or whatever this town is, is literally just existing in this episode. That's true. It just it's just like, wait, what? Why are they here? <laughs> they were just yeah. in Heart Home. Exactly. And that's why I it will agree feels to so that. out of place. I mean, it just doesn't bother me as much. That's why I, I find it weird that it bothers you guys as much. No, I'm not bothered. I just feel like it didn't have a, a place in this episode. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. It, it's just like, why yeah, include like, this? And from an adult viewer perspective, this makes me feel like we needed to pay these voice actors for an episode. So we put this in. Yeah. But it still moves jesse's overall plot forward as a coordinator because she does right so right but it's i'm assuming it's probably not going to be mentioned much it's just gonna be like oh she has two ribbons now like great you're not asking why she has two ribbons i would i'd be like wait what like why did we see this (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying is like if they didn't show this they would be asked like the viewers would be asking why she doesn't have two, like why she has two ribbons Mm -hmm. but like Give it more time then. 
Like if it's really important that she has a second ribbon by this point, show that contest. Show us more than uh Yam Mega using Silverwind and then cutting. Commit well, to I, that that's my well, that's my issue with well, it. Well, I feel like after her her lovely voice when she sang, she just won oh, the contest. <laughs> like that's what there, gets the, me. The, 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 yeah, the judges were just like, you know what, that's it. We don't need to see any more. She won. <laughs> give her the ribbon. Or or like, I don't know, even give like a brief Zoe cameo or something like that. I don't want her beating Zoe. I think the whole point is like or, well, or what's his name? Any. Kenny. I don't <laughs> care about Kenny. Just Kenny in for an episode and have her beat the crap out of Kenny in a contest. She already did. We don't need to see that again. Do it again. <laughs> I, I think this is just to show, like, hey, when you don't have main characters, Team Rocket can actually do things. Right. Yeah, but but I feel like a minority would care about this plot. Yeah, it's just it's weird to just break up the episode, and it's and it only it only happens right at the beginning of the episode. And in between a switch out. Yeah. And that's it. Like, give me one more scene with it and I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. I will say I could use like one more moment from that. Like, show me the last battle because I think they only show the appeal and the ribbon. They show, yeah, one move from the appeal and then her getting the ribbon. And that's halfway through the episode. Yeah. It, It just doesn't match the pacing of the episode, which makes it feel more out of place. Fair. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, I think it could have been done better. I just I'm okay with it. Like, I'm like, yeah, sure. Jesse goes, gets a ribbon when there's no one else to really right. be her competition. Oh, no. I agree with, like, the concept of it. I just couldn't stand the execution of it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think with Jim Bellows, it <laughs> is nice when there is a bit of a break in between. Sure. It's just weird that this is how it's inserted into it. But going to the battle itself, we <laughs> start off with a Gengar that has an ability <laughs> that it no longer has, which I found hilarious. And using it in a way that doesn't make sense. A Gengar's ability is Levitate, and this is kind of what gives it mobility, though technically like any ghost type could kind of have this. And uh, as Buizo starts off with water, with uh, I think Aqua Jet actually, Gengar just kind of easily avoids it and surprises Ash, which to me also was like, what? Like, what? Ash, you're, what, are you, what are you surprised about here? I just don't get why they wrote Levitate in this way. It's not well, what Levitate does. Right. It, it's immunity to ground moves, which no one on Ash's team has. Yeah, because even in, in, in the like the sub, Barry makes a mention like, oh, it can float. And Brock comes in and he's like, well, yeah, because that's his special ability, levitate. This is a weird one because it's already inconsistent half the time if ground moves hit certain Pokemon or not. As we're, right. we're going to see later on in this very episode. And yeah, I just think they, they could have cut the mention of the ability completely here. Just say it's like a super fast Gengar. Yeah, like that would have been cool. fine. Yeah. Um, because then it dodges a sonic boom from Weasel. And as it goes in for a hypnosis, uh, Weasel activates the trap card, a.k.a. the strategy that Ash has been working on, which is spinning while using Water Gun. And that acts as a measure to both defend against Weasel and cause it damage as it 
can't really dodge this whirlpool, basically, that Weasel makes with Water Gun. Right. And this is the reveal. Like, we saw some of it in a previous episode with JM as Weasel used Aqua Jet and spun around. Um, but we're now seeing the final form, basically, of what Ash is practicing with his Pokemon here. So... Really cool to see it follow through. We'll okay, I was gonna say, how did you how did you like this execution of the? I, I, I like. Again, I like the concept. Mm-hmm. Because the battle goes on, and it, it kind of lose focus on it. Like it, it just becomes inconsistent, and I think that's just my biggest issue with it is that mm-hmm. the way it's used is just doesn't make sense, especially the. Last fight is just weird to me. I I definitely liked the way it was set up with uh Buizo busting out <laughs> its its b boy moves and and starting to break them. <laughs> um, visually, it definitely looks cool, um, and it was something that oh yeah that I was just like oh wow like this this looks awesome. Um, so I I do in a way agree with JM that it was inconsistent because I feel like. It was something that Ash kept pushing and overusing. But visually, it looks amazing. Just like the way that the water is swirling around and and Buizo's kind of like engulfed in a water ball. So that was really cool to see. Right. It's, I think, satisfying because A, it does the job of keeping Ash's Pokemon f- from falling asleep. And B, has the extra effect of actually causing damage and trapping this very evasive uh evasive Gengar that we've seen so far, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it maybe goes a little too long. Like it, it kind of they're they're showing it off, but for me it, it felt like it could have been a little shorter, at least to yeah. start. Yeah, because it just kind of keeps getting hit by it. I'm like this move shouldn't last this long. Yeah. Right. It was like, <laughs> it was like a it was like a spam move in Smash Bros. Yeah. <laughs> getting hit and you're just like waiting for your opponent is not mashing the button. Like, we get it. Yeah. It's going. Yeah. Right. And then this whole little battle kind of ends quickly with a water pulse and a nightshade, basically, facing each other off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and right before that, Fontina actually names Ash's technique, which is cool. I do like yes. this. That was nice. And that name is Counter Shield. Yeah, counter shields, which is yes. fitting name, and Ash like rolls with it. He's like, "Yeah, I like that, sure." And I like yeah. the I like the like banter between the two. Yes, I was gonna say that's a really good part of this battle is Fantina being very kind of like dramatic, but also kind of edging Ash on in a in a friendly way. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's clear that the way this battle is set up that she's like testing ash mm-hmm. which is like i think wake did that as well but it wasn't really seen as much with some of the others like maylene but maylene had her own confidence issues right yeah so so when i first heard um the name counter shield uh, i immediately thought of like beyblade i don't know why but it just <laughs> it was like oh that, that sounds like and and i do agree that the um there was like a friendly rivalry in between the two of them because in the the Japanese version, she's like, "Oh, shall I name it Counter Shield?" And I just like, "Oh, thanks, I'll take that name." It was definitely cool to see that they they kind of have like this 
friendly rivalry going on as well during the battle. Right. And you've actually seen Fantina before. Did you yes. feel like this was a natural progression of what we saw the first time she battled Ash? Definitely. Um, she felt more serious and more mm. of a threat um, because I feel like knowing that she had already battled Ash, she kind of decided to step up her game. Um, and, and you kind of see it within in the battle where she's she's kind of in a way still guiding him but she's also like challenging right him to do yeah more. she's like okay you found a solution but is that gonna solve all your problems yeah and <laughs> i love and right. i love her personality because um um in, in in the japanese jm she's actually american oh is she okay yeah so she'll say like a lot of english phrases during her battles which shows off her personality She's more eccentric, I think, if that's the right word, um, mm. in, the, in the Japanese version. Because, mm -hmm. like, the, the emphasis that she adds when she speaks English just shows off her personality. Interesting. Yeah, I, I was curious about this because yeah. in the English localization for the game, she is French. She also puts all the French idioms and the accent here in the anime, in the English uh, dub. In, in the, the Japanese version, her name is Melissa. And the, the she's introduced as the the fascinating dancer Melissa, like she'll be like, oh Gengar, time to shine. Or when she calls her Pokemon, she tells them to go on stage. Interesting. I think she says that in the English one too, right? I think so. It, it, yeah. Like she is like very much dance based as well, but her like random French is just a you know, random French. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is, I guess, that brief connection to. Klefki is this is something I've been wondering with the remakes coming and you know we probably know the answer by the time this episode airs um oh yeah is, are they going to retcon Fantina right and and make her Kalosi because Kalos in the games makes reference to French there's a uh I mean it is obviously based in France um but there is for instance a NPC in a Pokemon Center who mentions eating uh, Oak's grandson. And he was there for like an exchange program. And that he only learned like French, like bad words in French. And that's what he <laughs> took from the, from the cultural exchange, more or less. And so I'm wondering, because this was also such a big thing from the games, is like every line of dialogue that uh, Fontina had had like that French added in if that's something they're going to add to the remakes because Kalos is France or if they're just going to leave it and just vaguely reference that she's French. I would hope they do. But then when you, when you mentioned that she's portrayed as American in the Japanese version, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do then. My question here is in let's go. Did mm -hmm. they retcon Lieutenant Surge? Did they? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing they won't if that's what that status is for Lieutenant Surge in the newest Kanto game. Yeah, I mean, I guess because there's Unova, but Unova is also a small section. Like, it, it's not a whole, it's not based off of a whole country. Well, what's weird is in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, we have characters who are retconned as being from Unova. Well, they're new characters. Um... Arun, who is the secret base guy, is like from Unova and now in Hoenn. So I feel like if they're 
going to make new characters that are explicitly from there, but right. not like change the other ones. Maybe the they're, they're like, ah, let's not mess too much around with some of the, the these more important characters that we have. Right. I just think that Fontina might be like one of the more memorable ones that could mm. be retconned. Sure. Because yeah. because that French is just it's literally every line is like at least one French word in it. That's true. She's very much iconically portrayed as yeah. first piece from France. The issue with Serge is that you know, us as most uh English localization players are American or at least familiar with American culture, you just kind of assume. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he's speaking English and the game's in English for you. Right. <laughs> That's like, ah, I can't really do much here. Like, I, I guess if, like, in the Japanese version, like, Green, they, they gave Surge, like, English dialogue, but the games mm-hmm. weren't at that point to do that. I mean, I, I would appreciate if they did. I don't think yeah. it's likely, though. No, I don't think it is. But uh, I guess we already know the answer by the time <laughs> anyone hears this. Um, but it's over for the water type here as Ash recalls Weasel to its ball and uh, sends out Chimchar to face Miss Magius from Fantina's side. And Fantina does an interesting thing here that even Barry's a little puzzled by. Oh, Barry's also just mad because he couldn't beat one of Fantina's Pokemon. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah, that came in too. Yeah, but there there was like a, a sweet line in, in uh, the Japanese version where Ash thanks Buizel for his contribution mm. in the battle. I thought that was really like a very uh, nice thing to say because I think in the in the Japanese culture, they, they're very focused on teaching their children to be uh, super polite. So it's it's cool to see that this version of, of Ash is, is emphasizing that politeness throughout this, not just to his Pokemon, but in the battle as well. He's still, he, he's, the way he, he speaks is polite, whereas in the English version, he's kind of like enjoying the taunts and, and taunting Fantina mm-hmm. as well. So it's a very nice, like, contrast to see within the characters uh, in the English version and in the Japanese. Oh, yeah, and there's a weird bit in this Mismagius battle. It's just like a weird line from Ash that I I was like, whoa, that's not really Ash. Okay, I think I know what we're talking about. But uh, <laughs> before that, there is a line from Fantina where she's like, Ash, I'm going to let you yes. know. Miss Maggie's can't learn hypnosis. And Manny, do you know? <laughs> she's lying. She's lying. No, she's, she's telling lying. the truth. And that's the sad she's, part. Yeah, she's telling the truth. <laughs> I know. That's why, that's why I'm like, I immediately thought about that that episode where Miss Maggie uses hypnosis on the kids to knock them out. Yeah. Well, oh, like, yeah. They, it uses confuse rate on them, but it puts them to sleep. So you're like, did you mean hypnosis? Yeah. Yeah. And this is how I know that that Miss Magus can't learn hypnosis. And back then, like, that stuck with me from the first time I watched this episode, which is why I was like... Yeah, definitely. It it, it called me back to that that episode when I Exactly. So... (sighs) That was like episode 25 or something of the the podcast. And here we are now, confirming within the show itself that Miss Maggie's can't learn hypnosis. 
Nice. And the reason I, I remember it vividly is because at the time of this recording, that specific episode is right. about to release. So definitely not. <laughs> exactly. It's all timed. It's all calculated. Oh, Jam, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I, I, I'm with Brock on this one. He's like, uh, like, wh- why is she saying this? Well, that was Barry. Barry's the one that's like, oh, that Barry? Yeah, yeah, Barry said that. Yeah. Yeah, Barry was the one that, that asked. They're all like, why do you share that? Oh, and then Brock reinforces like the gym leaders will sometimes share their, their strategies. Mm-hmm. There's also that like... Yeah, it was like to see how he would adapt. Yeah. And there's because also like the, the flashback to Zoe um, that comes up here, which is really cool. Yeah, because Ash is like... I remember when Zoe used Shockwave and Miss Maggie's blocked it with Magical Leaf because grass resists electricity. So mm-hmm. I'm planning to get around that by using fire, which will burn right through that. Um, which, yes, it makes sense in like the anime logic. I'm just so used to like the moves mm-hmm. being the things you're targeting. And it's like, the central, it's like the central theme of this battle. And if we want to maybe extend it a bit, he could be thinking, hey, might as well have something that isn't wheat to grass out. And yeah. Weasel is wheat to grass, but it, it is a little more directed towards burning through magical leaf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all about the just... moves this episode and not the Pokemon yeah. themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he makes the mention like, oh, it knows psychic moves and magical leaf. So I'll just use Chimchar. Uh, focus on the magical leaf and forget about the psychic move. <laughs> I mean, I, to be fair, any of his Pokemon are going to have a tough time against psychic moves. And yeah. we'll even see that in action in the bit. <laughs> but Chimchar uses Flame Wheel and Miss Maggie is easily dodges. So it turns around real quick and just jumps in the air, basically, to go for Miss Maggie. And Barry's kind of shocked by this. Like, whoa, that, that's got to take a lot of power, right? But but Brock explains no that's pretty that's pretty easy for Chimchar. It's a monkey. Yeah, and, it can jump. And this is this is where one of um Melissa's like funny English lines comes in because when she sees this she says in English oh my god and she's like what kind of jump is that oh really um, okay but yeah so <laughs> I think it was just the way that she said it just like how she was shocked and and her saying like oh my god it was definitely like a funny. Uh, scene that they put in huh. i f- did find that moment kind of weird though because it does look like she's kind of excited or surprised at this but then has a really yeah. easy response to this by using Psywave and just knocks Jimshaw out of the air basically yeah it's like super easily countered yeah and from there i think we get the second counter shield. Yes. Um, because Ash is like, all right, well, we're going to use counter shield knowing that Miss Magius can't learn hypnosis and just uses it for offensive purposes here. Yeah. Yeah. A spinning flamethrower. Right. Uh, which I'm sure using flamethrower and spinning on the ground, it's able to cut through Miss Magius' side wave. And then also hit Miss Maggie's itself, so it's not just immediately countered. Counter countered. Oh, he he doesn't counter that side wave yet. Yeah, okay. not the first time. 
Yes, it, not the first time. Right, he has similar. The, he's still climbing the B button. Yeah, he he does climbing. the same yeah. counter shield. It it looks the same, but it's red. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> then Ms. Magius uses the side wave to counter that. So it's a lot of just back and forth here, and I think yeah, this is the weirdest part of the battle. Yeah, well then, because then Magical Leaf is used to destroy the fire move. Right, and that was like Ash's whole plan, being like, "Wait, no, my <laughs> my pl- that, that that's the opposite of what was supposed to happen." And this is where it comes into the inconsistency of like, if you're gonna do it about the move matchups, then make the mm-hmm. move matchups consistent. Right. Because the same move matchups ha- happen in the second half of this particular battle, Miss Maggie's versus Chimchar, mm-hmm. and the result is opposite. Right. It's kind of just like be consistent. What's the rule here? Yeah. <laughs> like, like which which does magical leaf beat the spinning flamethrower or does spinning flamethrower beat the magical leaf? Because both happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh it's not really explained why, which is the frustrating part here. We do get this uh, line though from Ash, which is fun. What was what's the line? Well, Fantina taunts him here. And it's like, I've learned all about counter shields oh, yes. from the first matchup. And Ash gets angry. Uh-huh. This is, again, not characteristic of Ash. And he's mm-hmm. like, this is just like a gym leader. I'm like, whoa, what sort of yeah. grudge do you have against like the past like 30 gym leaders you fought? <laughs> like, who hurt you? Because <laughs> you, you're best friends with one of them. Yeah, and again, to contrast it... Um, Ash is more observant in the Japanese version, and he's he compliments her. He's like, "Whoa, she's truly a gym leader." Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds better. That tone yeah, is better. way more on point. Yeah, yeah. especially in, in the way that he says it, like the tone that he says it, definitely came off like, "Whoa, like chill, bro. Angry. What's going on?" Yeah. yeah. Who are you? <laughs> I'm like, are, are you just really trying to? beat her to give Barry more crap later? Is that why? He doesn't even, like, reference Barry. Like, I don't think it's about Barry. Right. So that's why I was like, what is it? Like, that's the most reasoning I could do with there. But yeah, it's weird. Yeah, JM's or Manny's info here on what he says in the sub is it seems a little better. I I wonder why they didn't go with that. It sounds more respectful. Yeah, I think it's it's because they they always have to try to find the correct words to fit the mouthing. True. Yeah. Um, like as yeah. we're gonna see in in the next one, which JM made a, a comment to about earlier today, mm-hmm. that uh definitely had me like, oh okay, I need to watch this episode if if he's making that comment. Oh yeah yeah he, yeah yeah, because it definitely made me laugh at work. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see this. There's episode. a dumb yeah. line up ahead. Yeah. Right. There's a definite, like, a bit of a subtlety of a contrast to the in the Japanese version. And then we get Chimchar charging him with a flame wheel and also using flamethrowers. So now he's got, like, double moves going on. Very much like a contest, actually. Which I'm surprised no one really mentions. And this gets countered by a Dark Pulse, but I think Miss Magus uses Psywave as a follow-up. So it it breaks through the flamethrower, but there's a question from Barry. It's like, did it hit Chimchar too? And then we get answered by that as Chimchar just charges right on through the smoke and 
it's uh, Miss Maggie is knocking it out. Yeah, and Ash has this like uh, this moment of like pride here. Mm-hmm. He's like, I th- I thought so, and then Fantina's like, what? He's really feeling himself in this moment. Yeah, he's got a lot of confidence in this battle, which is good. It just <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a little arrogant in the English version. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And definitely. now it's three to one uh, with Ash having two Pokemon ha- battling a bit and then saving his last one. So now that it's down to the last Pokemon, of course, Fantina sends out Buizel. And what? No. Wait, what? Oh, no, sorry, Fantina sends out <laughs> <laughs> Fantina sends out Driftlim and Ash I'm I'm thinking like two scenes ahead uh, <laughs> Ash sends out Pikachu and I'm like oh god he's thinking of types like still kind of with moves mm-hmm. because of course Driftlim is both ghost and flying type with flying type being weak to electricity uh, I think we're gonna before say this thing. before this Barry mm-hmm. makes an observation about Chimchar right yeah yeah this is what I was yeah. gonna say so Barry is really upset that Ash is doing well. <laughs> but then he like calms down a bit and he's like, wait a second. This Chimchar is like happy and enjoying Right. Himself. He's like, and what? This is, not, <laughs> this is not how it was when I saw Paul battle with the Chimchar. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. That was, that was a very like, um, for me, a very small uh, detailed, but yet it had a, like a lot of impact in it. Um, I think it has definitely. I'll go ahead. go ahead. I was gonna say I think it has more impact because it's Barry of all people noticing this. Mm-hmm. Like, how bad did yeah. it have to be yeah. that someone like Barry, who can't even notice when someone's walking in front of them, notices something like this? Yeah, yeah like, someone who's very dead is like picking up on this. Right, and, and someone who idolized Paul. Mm-hmm. Because every character that he met in the last episode, well, he would just compare them to Paul. He's like, oh, I remember you. You lost to Paul. And like that's the only thing <laughs> like, remembered people was because of Paul. I kind of like that they do it here and not in the last episode where Ash battled mm-hmm. Barry. Right. Because... I th- it would have been a little a bit more out of place. Agreed. Seeing how Chimchar is happy beating a gym leader, or at least one of the gym leader's Pokemon, uh, makes more sense, I think, for Chimchar to be this ecstatic. Right. And, yeah, this is where Chimchar gets switched out for Pikachu as Driplim hits the field, and Pikachu, Pikachu just starts off with a Thunderbolt, but it like makes an electric ring around him for some reason, and, and I, I was, was like, to wh- according to to Ash's like dialogue, it was the the counter shield, wasn't it? Yeah, he's like, I put a counter shield around Drift Blimp, and I'm like, did you? It kind of looked like you just hit it. Well, and then it results in paralysis. Paralysis does nothing. Right. This entire it's, battle, it doesn't come up again. Like, Fontina is like, <laughs> oh, this was really smart of you to 
paralyzed me right off the bat. Like she says the word and then she's like the best line in this episode. <laughs> I forgot that Drift Blim can use psychic moves as well. Like psychic. Yeah. So this this was another this was another case of them having to fill out the mouthing because she doesn't say like psychic. She tells him, You forgot that Drift Bloom can use psychic moves as well. And then she goes, Psychic. So she's telling her Drift Bloom to use psychic. psychic. But I guess they oh, had to the find sub? the way Yeah, they had to find a way for her for her the words to fill what the she was mouthing in Japanese. So they added that very smart observation that Drupalun can use atta- psychic attacks like psychic. Just <sighs> yeah, like okay, <laughs> have a line, around ha- it. have a clunky line like that, but also have your like battle mechanics consistent at that moment. Because paralysis doesn't prevent psychic moves from being, or doesn't prevent any moves from necessarily being used. But it also doesn't have like priority on certain moves. Like paralysis works on everything. So like why why do the psychic moves suddenly work perfectly even though they're paralyzed? The effects of paralysis aren't shown this, at all in this battle. This is where I feel like they they use the word paralysis, but they mean like immobilized because well, yeah. it's a very Plus it electric kind of ring surrounding it. Well, we've seen yeah, paralysis, but... paralysis in the past kind of like spark all over a Pokemon. She could she could have used trapped. Yeah, yeah. That would have been better. But per- paralyzed. My, my bigger issue my bigger issue is that the paralysis ring just disappears. Yeah. Right. Like it's not well, broken. It's just not animated after this point. It's just not shown. It never breaks. Oh, I thought it just disappears. that was the point. Is like she broke it with psychic does she yeah that's why she uses psychic and that's just like oh that shoot just like she just work. Work. like yeah well, just, like it... just make the oh make yeah, the move right. use consistent then cause... she uses it to break it okay well then like that doesn't work for paralysis like that's not how you break paralysis right yeah. well that's what we're that's what mandy and i are saying is that it yeah doesn't seem like it's actually like it is paralysis. paralysis. It just means so, so. Then use a different word. Yeah, they just <laughs> yeah. yeah they do they use the wrong word for that. Right. Exactly. But do they do they do that in the in the sub as well? I don't remember. I don't think she mentions it. I think she just says something like she, she caught him. Yeah, I assumed it wasn't paralysis. Yeah, that makes at more all sense. Yeah, because Ash is saying it as like a an explicit tactic that he's using. In, in like a, a weird form of counter shield, but that's also not very well explained. So I could see why it's like, do you just mean you paralyzed Driplet? Is that what you're trying to say, yeah, Ash? Because both times I watched this episode, I just assumed that it was a paralysis because it ah, just looked okay. like that's all it could be. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Because like Ash doesn't have Pikachu spin or anything. It's just a straight up thunderbolt, and it just makes this rig. And I'm like, did you trade? Like, is this? It sounds like this was the plan, but it doesn't seem like there's anything unusual about how you attacked here. Right. But Driplum does break through it with the psychic uh, attack and 
pretty much just gets rid of it. And Ash is like, oh, no, that, that was my plan, apparently. Driftblim kind of starts sweeping. Yeah, with this really weird combo. Um, with the Will-O-Wisp? Yeah, the psychic Will-O-Wisp combo, which is like, why do you need psychic to direct Will-O-Wisp? And also think- Will-O-Wisp is doing something completely different from what it does. Well, because that was like the contestant in her, wasn't it? Yeah, the coordinator's what part I of her, I'd say. Yeah. Sorry, I keep calling them contestants. It, it just, like, Will-O-Wisp is directional anyways, like all moves or most moves. But Will-O-Wisp, as we're seeing here, is kind of just those flames floating around. Yeah, I, I think the, right. the purpose was for her to make it an attack rather than just the the status move. Right, which is also where it's weird because yeah. Will-O-Wisp doesn't do damage, it just inflicts burn. She basically yeah, so invents... Combining it with Psychic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. I think it's it fits her character a lot as a coordinator. And yeah. to me, it felt like she invented Mystical Fire three generations early. <laughs> uh, yeah. But... She does kind of explain as Ash tries to break through with like Thunderbolt Counter Shield that her Will O Wisp psychic combination is going to last a lot longer than Ash's because they're just moving it telekinetically instead of Ash's like, I have to keep spinning and like releasing energy and here. More just like move inconsistency. I'm like, I guess, sure. I don't know. I like if this to me felt like the most contest like battle that Ashes had. Yeah. No, it's very contest like. It's just the mechanics just are so inconsistent to me. I don't know. I think it fits pretty well with what we know about how Driftlim acts. And I really enjoy seeing this reveal of her picking up and copying Ash's tactic. Oh, yeah. No, that's really cool. Right, like that in itself is like, whoa, like she's she knows what she's doing. She learned your playbook and is like, I'm going to make this my own. Yeah, because um, yeah, right. during the, the Miss Maggie, is, she kind of tells him like, oh, I was studying mm-hmm. your counter shield during the first battle. So she's right. definitely been studying at the same time, battling him as well. And and just, just, just shows like how quick she is to think during a battle that she made her own version of Ash's counter shield. And she launches this counter shield at Pikachu, kind of trapping it, basically. And that gives enough room for Driplin to sweep on in and trap Pikachu. And it tries to use Thunderbolt to get out. But weirdly, this is the part that bothered me probably the most, is that it doesn't shock Driplin, even though it's touching it. Like, the Will-O-Wisp psychic combination seems to trap the Thunderbolt as well. And then as it goes in for Hypnosis... Ash just like try again, Pikachu. <laughs> uh, but it gets hit by <laughs> Gee, that. That's gonna work, <laughs> right? And like use Iron Tail, like spin with that or something. But that's pretty much it for Pikachu. As then it gets knocked out by a psychic, I believe, and lands in Ash's ominous arms. Wind. Yeah, ominous wind. Ominous wind. Oh, yes, okay, that's right. Ominous wind. So there we go. Lands we have Ash's arms. We have psychic, Will O Wisp, ominous wind. I don't know. And hypnosis, of course, right? Yes. But yeah, that that seemed kind of quick to me. We have Buizel come in. It uses Aqua Jet 
with like a spinning formation. So again, kind of counter shielding and that gets through the Will-O-Wisp that Drifloon throws at it. But immediately like Drifloon just appears like, I swear used Phantom Force or something and <laughs> catches Weasel, uh, hits it with hypnosis and then also knocks it out with an ominous wind. Now they are one to one. Yeah. It really raises the stakes. I just like, okay, it's quick. Uh, because we're running out of time mm-hmm. here, but also like <laughs> it does, it does show how strong Driftblim is. I just again, this move consistency is wild because uh, there are two Willowists in the Buizel Driftblim battle. Driftblim battle in the first one, Buizel breaks, and the second one, it's unable to. And so, like again, there's this con- consistency issue where attacks that are working once suddenly aren't working, and we're getting the opposite result, and it doesn't make sense. Well, Buizel never gets hit by the Will-O-Wisp, though. It breaks both of them, uh, the, it? But, no, but it, no, the second one gets countered. Like uh, it counters the water, the water pulse. pulse. Yeah. So Buizel uses a water pulse, and Driftblim counters it with the psychic Will-O-Wisp and breaks the water pulse. Just like how Miss Magius broke the the fire counter shield. Yeah, which, if we're putting so much effort into mentioning the type matchups of the moves, then those mm-hmm. type matchups should matter, and they don't. Right, it's kind of just like Ash thinks he has a strategy there, but Fantine is like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter here. And it's like, okay, well then, like, why put as a write from a writing perspective? Why put so much stock into that twice? Yeah, is that mentioned in the sub at all? These type matchups between the moves? Yeah, there's definitely the same amount of focus. Because Ash also mentions when it comes to Miss Miss Magius, he does mention the magical leaf, which leads him to using Chimchar. And in the same as well, like with Buizel, uh, where they're like, oh, like Will-O-Wisp shouldn't have worked against the Aqua Jet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it definitely does feel like the the moves, the counter moves were more what the focus was. So yeah, I do I do see JM's point where it's like it's definitely not consist- consistent because it works once but then it, it doesn't work. And then we do get Chimchar sent out for the last part of this battle against Driftbloom and it starts off with a flame wheel but Will-O-Wisp just kind of knocks it out of the air. And <sighs> this is the weird part because then Ash's strategy as he gets an idea is to use a yeah. flamethrower and have that counter the will-o'-wisp but also absorbs it and keeps the momentum of the flamethrower which then hits drift blim so right. so is is all this type matchup stuff to show him that that doesn't work and you should instead use the same type to absor- <laughs> like <laughs> It's just like, hey, like, sure, I guess, like, fine, if that's the logic you want to go with, but I don't like it. It's kind of like telling you, turn your logic around, and there you go. Like, <laughs> why, why do you have this then? Like, and don't don't establish that that's the the way matchups are going to go if you're going to weirdly invert them. Right, like this. And, and I think, too, it bothers me because we've gone through, like, three and a half generations now of, you know... Battle's more or less making sense, and it just feels like it was turned on its head for this like move focus match, mm. where the battle wasn't between the Pokemon; it was between the moves. 
Arguably, okay, arguably though, the last few generations of this anime made less sense with paddling. But okay, sure, I, I, it but... is, especially for this season, it is very odd to me. Yeah, it just feels like they're trying to shift the focus of this battle again towards like the actual moves. I get not the feeling... Pokemon. And with yeah, how central that has been a theme throughout mm-hmm. this season, specifically with Dawn, about how you're putting too much stock in the moves and not the Pokemon themselves, it's really weird to end this season with a battle that only focuses on the moves. Yeah, because even in, in the Japanese version, when they when they show that, Ash is like, oh, well, I just made the counter, counter, counter shield. Mm. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I definitely pushed it too much in terms of the moves. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to my thoughts more as we get closer to the end, but here Driflin follows up with Ominous Wind and Chimchar dodges it with Dig and then comes up from behind, grabs Driflin and just slams it into the floor. <laughs> and then after this, Driflin tries to use hypnosis, but Chimchar is just too fast. He's a speedy boy and hits it with a close range of flamethrower, knocking it out giving Ash the win to the match. So that's pretty much it. Outside the gym, Fantina congratulates Ash and his Pokemon and awards him the Relic Badge. So... Yes, the the Sharingan Badge. Sharingan, there you go. (laughs) Back at the Pokemon Center, Ash is chatting with Barry on the balcony at night where, like, like, besides this conversation, honestly, some of the best conversations in the show happen on this balcony. And here Barry's like, well, I'm going to go back to Iron Island and train because that's what I did last time and I'll get stronger. And they're like, all right, let's go together. And Barry just keeps antagonizing Ash for no reason because Ash is clearly better. Together to Iron Island, they're going to the the city where Barry won his gym. Yes, Canalive City so Ash can fight the gym there and Barry can take a boat to Iron Island, which is what you do again in the games so yeah and ooh. my little note here is that barry remembers iron island way more than most people who played the games <laughs> he, I he makes skip a big it every deal. time right <laughs> iron island is where barry's metal gets tested okay like apparently he lost one match somewhere else and he's like iron island is where i go to grind and in the game it makes sense for other reasons and only really one time, but we'll get to that later. So, this marks the end of Shield with a Twist. Manny, let's start with you. What are your thoughts? Did any of you guys feel like the end of the battle kind of felt flat? Yes. Yeah. Right? Okay. okay. It's just so super sudden. Was... And I, I don't yeah. know, this whole Driftland thing was just, it was so fast and it was just, like let's yeah, just okay. get this over I'm... with and it's weird because like it should have been the focus of the entire gym battle i think what's weird yeah, okay, is so... that it starts with a focus on the counter shield and then by the end it doesn't really matter like they go yeah. through all these counters for each other and then at the end it's just like flamethrower to the face it's... and that's it it's like if you're playing uno and you're playing like the version where everyone can like chain the reverse cards. <laughs> it's just that. It, it's just like Uno reverse card after Uno reverse card until someone's out of cards and then the game's over. And you're like, well, 
Yeah, because I, I watched it, and when it ended, I just felt like, cool. oh, that's Great. it. That happened. Yeah, like, I didn't feel satisfied whatsoever. And in, in, even in both versions, the Japanese and the English version, it just felt lackluster. Um, So, yeah, I mean, overall, yeah. it was an average episode for me. Um, There were some of the aspects during the battle that I did like. Uh, the whole introduction of the counter shield. Um, and at any time, like, stat move, status moves are used, like, as more than just status moves, like, as, as offense for me is always something cool to see because I, I think that's something that the anime has always done well. Like, when, when it comes to, like, Screech or Tail Whip, mm. like, moves like that, they're, they're always, or like, Sand Attack as well. They always look like actual attacks, whereas in the games, it just helps in terms of stats. Um, but, I just, yeah, like, overall, I just felt like the battle could have used more. Like, I felt like it never reached a climax during any point whatsoever. So, I think for me, I'll probably just rate it at a six and a half. I mean, it was enjoyable, but... I feel like it, it needed a bit more. Yeah, um, four. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this one, honestly. I think. I mean, I've aired out my grievances with the Jesse stuff. You know, that's that's its own issue. Um, I think the the inconsistencies just drive me crazy because they put so much stock into it into these moves and these type matchups specifically for moves. And then it doesn't matter. And to have a whole gym battle so focused on the moves, I mean, there's there's never any actual type matchups of like, this is strong against what Fontina, like the Pokemon that Fontina are bringing out because they're all ghost types. And, you know, you counter that with Darker Ghost, which Ash doesn't have anything for. Um... So, like, that's whatever. But then to make it so focused on the type matchups between the moves in a season where the entire arc, going back to the tag battle, the first time we were at Hard Home, um, has been about how Dawn has been putting so much stock into her Pokemon's moves rather than the Pokemon themselves. It just seems like a weird way to bring this season to a close and to bring this arc to a close that has been going on for 50 episodes. So you mean for Ash to get the heart home gym battle? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ash's heart home. Well, I mean the two arcs go hand in hand because they started around the same time as Dawn's dependence on moves and Ash's determination to do this gym battle. Now, Dawn has had that resolution already, and she's learned that the Pokemon are more important than the moves themselves. But then to shift it to Ash and have him so, like, narrow-mindedly focused on the moves or this big battle just feels like a step backwards for the season. It is very much about Ash perfecting a new technique that is, just at its core, very move-based. And... I think it would have been better if we saw more of this evolution and usefulness of the counter shield because we see it really kind of just twice with Ash being like, hey, it's going to counter hypnosis 
and it's going to deal more damage reliably to these tricky ghost types that are floating around. Mm -hmm. But soon after that, we kind of lose that purpose of the counter shield and just kind of abandon that in some ways. Yeah, so, I feel like it's something that probably won't come back much, which I'm like, okay. Oh, uh, I'd I hold off on that prediction, but I can see why you're thinking that, because that by the end here, it's kind of just like, oh, well, we used it, and that's really, it's... Served we, its purpose. Yeah, it served its purpose, basically. If someone who's, like, thinking just about the game and how, oh, yeah, battles end in just a few moves, I can see them maybe being like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. But in the terms of, like, the choreography of battles and the longer-lasting strategies of battles that we see here in the anime, it doesn't really follow up on that in a satisfying way, especially with seeing Fantina's two Pokemon just knocked out back-to-back, um, -back, basically. Hypnosis really only being countered once this whole battle by the counter shield. Yeah. We like, at least give him, like, twice or three times <laughs> where we, we, we're preparing for hypnosis, but we're only able to successfully deter it one time. Yeah, that's also part of it. So my score, I think it's going to be, like, a 5.5. I like the counter shield. I, I think they kind of lost sight of what they wanted to do here with it, though. And yeah. What the journey and Definitely. purpose of this battle was supposed to be so which is which is weird because of how heavily they rely on it yeah yeah it, it, yeah it's so it's bizarre because it's the focus but at the same time it's like why is it the focus is kind of lost here yeah because it, it was once again i feel like one of those things where they showed you like okay this is going to be the main focus mm -hmm. but something else comes in to overshadow that focus and that being you know ash using what he feels would be counter moves. Um, right. Like an advantage typings. So it kind of takes the point of way of, of the whole thing was to avoid hypnosis. Cause mm -hmm. like you said, it only does it once. Right. right. And, and I'm fine with them focusing on counter shields. My issue is that they also brought in this weird mechanic of type matching the moves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, like just focus on hypnosis and counter show. Like, yeah, like make it about that. Don't add like the magical leaf weirdness or the, yeah, or making Willow is do damage. Like, yeah, that's where I feel like that, that kind of overtook what the actual main focus should have been. Yeah, because especially for the Driftblim fight, it just ended up being like, Getting close hypnosis or trap hypnosis and then uh, KO repeat. <laughs> yeah. And that bothers me a bit more because also Ash has been pretty like aware of type matchups. Mm -hmm. And at this point, it kind of doesn't work in his favor, which I'm like, yeah. It's like the one time he like makes the effort for it. It's just, yeah. it doesn't matter. Right. Like we saw again back in Pastoria City. He's like, all right, I'm going to switch these Pokemon out. So then Turtwig against this Quagsire, have Pikachu take down the Gyarados. It's weirdly not 
rewarding him for that knowledge here, even though right it, it it's it's worked like we've seen it in the last gym battle actually be acknowledged and, and i feel like it's just insult to injury when the fire move is what breaks the fire move yeah like what? <laughs> uh chimchar had a rough time but then was kind of the hero of this battle interestingly enough mm -hmm. um not a lot of interesting trivia here this is apparently, though, the first time that we have a contest happening at the same time the gym battle does. Um, but that is very loose because, again, it's like less than a few minutes that we see this contest happen. Again, acknowledging that Fantina does name Counter Shield, which I think is a neat touch. Yeah, that's kind of it. There is a reference to another old episode that has a similar title, but I think it's hardly relevant. It's a tale with a twist and... It's back in Hoenn where Jesse catches the Survivor. So I, I don't think there's any connection there. Um, but yeah, question of the week. What is a counter shield that you would like to see that is maybe different from the types that we've seen in this episode? In terms of Pokemon type or the way that it's presented? Uh, it could be both. It could just be type or if you have an idea of the presentation, that works too. This is a hard one. Yeah, geez. You really threw this at us. Can <laughs> <laughs> make you think. Jeez, well, you got me, you got me thinking now. Um, I don't know if it's really like a counter shield, but I'd like to see... This is particularly in the context of Journeys is Ash's... Far-fetched, that's what I'll call it. Um, Ash's far-fetched being able to use like a more physical type of counter shield, like hmm. something related to the leak sword. And sure. like, because a lot of these were pretty much just special attacks where it's like a, like a my hero black whip type of thing. Where, <laughs> you know, you're just launching like beams of energy or water or electricity or whatever and it's just mm. kind of all over the place and uncontrolled i'd like to see a more calculated like a um like a almost like a fencer doing a like a, a parry something like that would be really cool huh okay maybe like spinning the the leak really fast in a circle yeah yeah that sounds cool i mean this Pokemon is always like the first Pokemon that comes to my mind. I would like to see maybe a bit of, of Umbreon kind of using Shadow Ball as like a defense barrier. And oh. and while it's like making the, the Shadow Balls rotate um, and kind of timing in between and firing a Nightshade so that your opponent is more focused on if the shadow balls are going to be thrown or launched to attack and not really knowing that a nightshade is coming in. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know Umbreon could learn nightshade, actually. I'm not sure if it can. Oh. <laughs> um, I would I'd have to look that up. Sure. Uh, unless unless I'm thinking about Dark Pulse. I think I, I'm thinking about Dark that Pulse. That might be it. I was going to say Dark Pulse yeah. would be a cool one for... That's probably what I was thinking about. Right, right. Um, it's just because Gengar used Nightshade. That's why I was like, Nightshade. Sure. Uh, I think it would be cool to see like a Frostlass use Icy Wind or Blizzard. And kind of just surround itself in ice, basically. 
uh, because Blizzard and Icy Wind both use kind of air to move things around, so having that kind of spectral feel to it would be kind of cool. And arguably, I'd say Dawn has kind of used Counter-Shield herself with Ambipom Swift in battles that we've seen her just kind of surround herself with that. So and that that's just a cool visual that I would want to achieve with another version of um, of a Counter-Shield, basically. But yeah, if you guys have any other suggestions, feel free to drop them down below. As well, just any thoughts that you have about this episode, since I know there's there's a lot of takes on this, as you've heard from all three of us, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, Manny and JM, thanks so much for joining me this week. Yeah, thanks for having pleasure. us. Of course. And if people want to find you under in, on the internet, where can they do that? Uh, I have no Twitter, so you cannot find me on Twitter. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah just pretty much here yeah via the podcast talk to manny in the youtube comments and and tell him uh hello there yeah how about you jam yeah you can find me online under the name turtle guy 512 which of course is for the best of the elemental monkeys simi sage My and least favorite yeah. type, and I don't like the monkeys. You don't like grass types? <laughs> no. Interesting. You said the monkeys, not not just the typing. Oh, both. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> fine. It has it has too many counters. Fair, fair. Wow. Not enough shields. And not enough counter shields. Exactly. <sighs> there we go. Okay. And yeah, I'm on Twitter at WillBeTeasing if you want to check out what we're working on. Um, you can also check out these episodes maybe on Amazon Prime at the time of this episode coming out. And Hoopla as well if you want to check them out there. Pokemon TV unfortunately took them down last time we checked, but they might have other seasons on there if you want to give a look at those. Again, I've been Will. I've been Manny. And I'm Jam. And we will see you in Sinnoh. Have a good one. <laughs>